Oftentimes, society wants us to check a box. I'm a mom. I have a career. I'm an entrepreneur. They tell us to niche down. But what happens when you want to have it all? Welcome to the Multifaceted AF Podcast. My name is Kay, and my mission is to help men and women everywhere own all of the pieces of who they are in every way. We're going to be joined by guests and friends that show us what celebration of taking up space in all places really looks like. Now let's dive in. Meet Sheree. Most people were introduced to her by a different moniker during her days of performing spoken word and poetry and for her songwriting. She's always been creative with her favorite outlet being writing, but she has an undeniable love for expressing herself through fashion and cooking. After being a stay-at-home mom for over two years, Sheree is on a mission to reinvent herself and is in the process of rebranding her content page, Ray Views It, to become a safe space where the modern-day mom can feel seen, heard, and understood. She's also in the beginning stages of launching her brand, Shades by Sheree, which will provide her signature look for affordable luxury. Sheree is passionate about her faith in God and transparent about her struggles as she is on a journey to rediscover herself and continue to evolve. Her goal is to inspire others to keep going no matter what. So today we're joined by Sheree. Welcome, Sheree. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, So tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. So I'm from Boston, born and raised. I'm a mother. I still consider myself a new mom. Mm-hmm. My daughter is only two. Okay. She just turned two. I am, I like how you use the term a creative mm-hmm. because I'm a, I'm a creative writer. Okay. Poetry mm-hmm. to be exact is one of my, one of my lanes, mm-hmm. but I also have different things that I dabble into. Okay. So one of the main reasons I wanted you to join me is because just seeing you. So we have known each other. It hasn't been a huge amount of time. I think maybe two years ago mm-hmm. is when we met originally. Um, and over time, we've gotten closer. I've kind of seen you in action on social media, which is where we're often able to kind of peek into people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but seeing you as a mom is definitely what inspired me to kind of invite you to come here, but even before that inspired me to invite you to become a brand ambassador. So I had reached out just because watching you mom and kind of the decision that you made to like be all in as a mom was really inspiring to me, um, almost motivational a little bit, but then knowing that as a new mom who has committed themselves to that motherhood journey, um, but then being with you in like social settings and kind of hearing the undertones of this desire to get back to who you are. I think that is a really big part of what the multifaceted kind of brand and mission and movement is all about. The fact that, yes, I care very deeply about this one area or this other area, but I am all of these things and I shouldn't have to shut anything off in order to thrive in different spaces and in different lanes that I have going on at different times. Um, so that is definitely why like I said, asked you to become a brand ambassador because kind of walking that walk in motherhood and in your creative ventures and in the other kind of areas that you're operating in, but then also just doing it with grace and being able to shift into kind of move throughout the different areas of your life is something that I've watched you do over the past couple of years. So that is why I wanted to have you here. So you talk about being a mom being a newish mom. Mm-hmm. Um, your daughter is, you said two. Mm-hmm. And you made the decision to be a stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. I cannot say that I know many other stay at home moms in this day and age. So I think I was very much taken aback by that in, again, a very positive way, but also a curious way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit more about just kind of what that decision was like for you and kind of what that has looked like over the last couple of years for you. Yes. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm really just really, really, really honored mm-hmm. to be here mm-hmm. and be a part of this. I have the utmost respect for you and what and everything you do mm-hmm. and even seeing you do it as a mom mm-hmm. and all the energy you have. I, you know, I always say that to you, like, 
you're one of those people when they say, um, we have the same 24 hours. Like, no, she has a different different set of 24 hours than what I have. But seriously, I'm inspired by you. I appreciate that. And I didn't realize until just now that when you said it, when we met, I think I was pregnant. You were. I was actually pregnant. Mm -hmm. And what's funny, it was like, we were still kind of in the thick of the pandemic. Exactly. And before I got pregnant, like when COVID first started, I was like, you know what? I'm going to use this time because I had just got laid off. Mm -hmm. I was one of those that got laid off Mm -hmm. because of the pandemic. I was like, I'm going to use this time to pursue my one of my goals to get into being an ambassador and influencing and content creating. And um, then I got pregnant (laughs) and I was like, you know how that goes. (laughs) Exactly. And I was like, well, there goes that. So I thought, but um, like you said, then after I had my daughter, now I'm just now starting to try to, you know, revisit those goals mm-hmm. and those visions and those plans. But to be a stay at home mom, I will say early, early, early on in my life, mm-hmm. it was something I always said I would do even before I met my man and even, you know, like I said, just without even knowing what that entailed. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember there was a time in my life when I didn't want children at all. Um, I didn't want a family. And then I had an epiphany as I got older and matured. And I realized I was actually just saying that from a hurt place and speaking from childhood trauma. Okay. And once I started to heal and grow, I realized that not only did I want a family, I had the power to do it my way. And it didn't have to look like, you know, things that I've seen before. And that's when I started to say it and manifest it. Mm -hmm. When I have children, when I become a mom, I want to be a stay-at-home mom for at least the first two years, if not longer. Mm -hmm. That way, I want to really be present and really create that bond and really commit to my home and my family and just really be like my daughter's first everything. Absolutely. Her first friend, Absolutely. her first role model, Absolutely. her first teacher. And I take a lot of pride in that. When people meet my daughter and they see that she already has manners and she says, please and thank you. Mm-hmm. And she's so well-spoken and smart and just happy. I really take pride in absolutely. Her father and I really pour into her. No, absolutely. And I really am thankful for her father because he is the reason why I was able to comfortably, for the most part, Mm -hmm. be a stay-at-home. Absolutely. So that's important. Like the black fathers in this world, we still have men Mm -hmm. that black men that are willing to provide for their families, be a father. And, you know, lead the household and I'm blessed to be able to say, I have that. No, that's amazing. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I think when I think back to kind of my story, um, I didn't even think that that was an option. Right. So aside from the financial part of it, I just didn't think it was an option. I was working at the time. It wasn't even like a full-time, like salaried position. It was very much an hourly, like temporary role. So I had no benefits through them, nothing like that. But in my mind, I was on this like hamster wheel and I just had to get back. So my son was born six weeks premature, stayed in the NICU for three weeks. And I think I went back to work after eight weeks of Mm -hmm. being out just because I felt like I needed, I had that pressure. I don't know where the pressure was coming from. If I think about it in retrospect, I really don't know where the pressure was coming from. But the reality is I felt this pressure to go back and I regret it. Even um, a couple of weeks ago, I was at an event and um, a new mom, we have met through like different social circles in the past. But she just had her daughter um, and she pulled me to the side and was just like, is there anything that you wish you could have done differently? Is there anything you wish you did differently? Any guidance that you could give me? And that was what I said. I was like, I really, really, if I could go back into it differently, um, I think the one thing I would do differently is spending that time with my child, being his first, all of those things. Um, because I mean, he turned out great and I'm mm-hmm. very grateful for that, but I feel like there are those opportunities for connection and bonding that you don't ever get back. And, um, so if I had it to do over, I definitely would have loved to kind of be there and just soak up every second of that, like, 
those first couple of months, those mm-hmm. first couple of years, I talk about it all the time. He's now 13. Wow. He's taller than me. His voice is super deep. He wears a size 11 shoe. Wow. He's a grown man. He's a man. He's a man. And I don't know how it happened. I don't know how it happened. He, when he was born, he was five pounds, one ounce, yeah. four pounds, four pounds, one ounce when he was born. 21 inches. He was little. Um, and now I have this grown man and time flies. It really flies. So I tell people all the time, enjoy all of the moments, but I really wish if I could do it over, I would absolutely go back and kind of just soak up some of that. So I'm, I'm glad that you were able to do that. I'm, I'm very thankful for that too, but, um, I don't know. I don't know too many stay at home moms either, but for that, I make it a point not to try to like impose that on other mm-hmm. mothers. I think that you are exactly the mother that your child needs. You know what I mean? And I'm surrounded by working mm-hmm. moms and I look at them and I'm like, whoa, I just <laughs> recently got back to work. Mm-hmm. But before I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm not going to go to work and be a mom. That's crazy. And you said you don't know where the pressure comes from. It comes from the society we it's live true. in. Mm-hmm. It comes from the culture. It comes from the demands that are put on us. It takes for us to kind of step outside of that and say, you know what? I'm going to make sacrifices. I've had to make a lot of sacrifices mm-hmm. to stay home. Mm-hmm. I haven't traveled or taken a vacation since 2019. Wow. And I used to travel a lot. Mm-hmm. I haven't, there's a lot of things I haven't yeah. done. Even just like my relationship with my man, like I, I was a very independent mm-hmm. woman mm-hmm. with a huge ego. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you got to put it to the side. I had to put, <laughs> you have to to put it to the side. side. I had to, everyone likes to use the term like submissive mm-hmm. and, be, and think it's like, it's this cute, trendy thing. Mm-hmm. You don't know submissive a lot. until <laughs> you really let your man leave mm-hmm. you as a girlfriend of mine you've heard me say wait yep. i gotta I check. Have to check with him <laughs> yep i gotta check with him and get back mm-hmm. to you like that's just what it is absolutely and there's no shame in my game absolutely and like you have to ask yourself like i noticed like from tiktok and instagram like the stay-at-home girlfriend and stay-at-home mom everyone thinks it's cute it's real there's trade-offs <laughs> there's absolutely trade-offs mm-hmm. that have to be made i get that mm-hmm. i absolutely do I definitely, definitely do. But it's worth it. And you have to ask yourself, what, what's the bigger picture? You know, watching my friends travel, watching you all do things that I can't do sometimes. I always tell myself, like, I had 30 plus years to be Mm -hmm. selfish and it'll be there when it's time. Mm -hmm. You know, like you just said, my daughter won't only be little for this much it's time. It's very and true. Know, she'll be 13. It's and true. Mom, it's true. And won't want to be bothered exactly. with me. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, so I always say, you know what? It's worth it. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'll be fine. It'll be there. I'll, I don't miss it. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm proud of, I'm proud of myself for doing that, but it, I'm not going to ever sit here and act like it was easy. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and act like, you know, my way of being the mom was, is, is or was better than the the next mother. Um, I talk to my friends about motherhood all the time. Definitely. I read books mm-hmm. about it. I watch YouTubes and podcasts and everything. And I I just have always had the utmost respect for mothers mm-hmm. even before I became one. And um, I just respect the multifacetedness, <laughs> if that is a word, mm-hmm. of what motherhood brings. That's true. It's true. And that's something I want to touch on. So I know that a lot of our conversations are around that getting back to you. So yes, Mm -hmm. you are a mother through and through, and that is kind of a badge of honor for you. And it's something that you wear with pride. And I think that that's, I, like I said, I applaud that. Um, but knowing you and knowing kind of the settings that we are often in together, um, I try to pour into you pouring into yourself and like going, getting back to who is Sheree, mm-hmm. um, as not just the mother, but as a woman, as a friend, your kind of career, your ideas around entrepreneurial pursuits. So talk to me about what it looks like to kind of maintain that identity 
while also pouring so much of who you are into being a mother? It's hard. (laughs) It's a struggle. It's a struggle. Um, It's been a journey. Mm -hmm. I have completely like depleted myself at one point. It was running on E and was just on complete autopilot and had like a full blown Britney Spears meltdown. I did. It happens. And I had to. um, So when I first had my daughter, right, I was feeling myself. I was like, yeah, you see this snapback? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to let motherhood humble me. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let it change me. I'm still going to do everything I used to Mm -hmm. do. And I pushed myself and I was, what do they say? The candle was burning on both both ends. Burning the candle from both ends. From both ends. And that got old real fast. And my biggest problem was I didn't want to ask for help. I didn't want any help. I was scared of help because I do have very severe anxiety. Mm-hmm. So my the way the anxiety I have manifests is it always goes to worst case scenario. You can't hold my daughter. You're going to drop her. Mm-hmm. You can't babysit her. Mm-hmm. You're going to do God knows what. Mm-hmm. No, you can't help me. So not only did I not want the help, I still wanted to help Others. everyone else. So I still wanted to do the same Thanksgiving dinners I used to do every Sunday. I still wanted to hang out with my girls and show up to everybody's everything and still bring flowers and gifts and help with this and contribute with that with, with no income. Mm -hmm. I wanted to still shop online. I wanted to do, I still wanted to be me Mm -hmm. and be a mom. And it was this struggle and it was unrealistic. It's, it is unrealistic. I think, I think it's important that we all come to terms with the need for mm-hmm. flexibility and agility. You cannot hold fast. Like the quickest way to ruin is to be like, this is what it is, period. Mm-hmm. Because you have to be able to roll with the punches. You have mm-hmm. to be able to adjust mid flight. Um, things are always changing. The only thing that is constant is change. change. Things around you are yeah. going to change. And if you're adamant about approaching the situation in one way and not open to, all right, the environment is changing. I need to then change in response to the environment. Then you're going to set yourself up for for failure because there's no way that you're going to be successful in a space where everything's changing around you and you're holding steadfast to like, no, it has to be this way. So absolutely, you have to be willing to kind of take stock of what's happening around you um, and adjust accordingly. And, and therapy taught me about this thing called adjustment disorder. And that's what I realized I was struggling with. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't, and I thought I was a person that adjusted well and mm-hmm. was real flexible, but I, I wasn't. And I had to adjust to this new version of me because after I realized I couldn't be the old me, I got mad at the new me. That's very real. I think that we don't talk enough about the nope. fact that there's this certain amount of grief and lost that's yep. felt like you're not the woman you were before. Nope. That person is no longer here. Mm-hmm. She doesn't exist anymore. Nope. And we, and that's the thing. And we like speed right past that because yes, it is a blessing to have a child and you're mm-hmm. now this new person and there's this new woman, but like there's a certain amount of grief and loss that's felt in terms of like who you were before. Like I was this woman and I loved her. Mm-hmm. I loved that version of me. Oh my God. But you have to let go of that. And yeah. We don't spend enough time talking about what it looks like to let go of the old version, the past versions of who we were. And, you know, that's what makes me mad about motherhood. There's so many things no one talks about. And that's why I just be talking about it. <laughs> because it's like, my ask any of my friends how many times they got phone calls from me. I'm like, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you inform why me Why didn't you tell me about this part? Which is very real. And I feel like that's like... I, when I talk about representation, I talk about representation in different areas. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes it's professionalism. There is like the fa- black fathers matter. I don't talk a lot about mothers because I feel like so much more of the brand is about being a mother. But the reality in terms of representation, like seeing examples of mothers doing it in a non-traditional way yep. is extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. So like I said, I don't know any other stay-at-home mothers that I can point to and be like, yeah this person made the choice and they stay home with their kid. I, I don't have that as an example. So now, like I said, you're that representation. You are an example. Um, there's people that, I mean, my situation is a very unique situation where it's like, I experienced the loss. It wasn't just the decision to uncouple from the person that I had a child with. 
this person doesn't exist anymore. Mm. So I don't know. I mean, I don't wish it on anybody. I actually know somebody who lost their daughter's father right before the daughter was born, which is mm. a tremendous, like a completely tragic situation. Ooh. But I know that like I reached out and I was like, listen, if there's anybody on the face of this planet that understands what it means yep. to be in a situation where you're mothering a child and you don't have another person on the face of this planet that has that connection to the child like you do it's me because it's not a situation where like i'm gonna drop him off at his father's house no it's not a situation like whatever we're going through i can pick up the phone and be like you need to come get your kid you Mm -hmm. need to talk to your kid like that doesn't exist Mm -hmm. and it's not because he's a bad person and decided not to show up and not to be there it's a situation where he just he isn't here anymore right so that's another like situation of representation where um, I mean, my hope is, like I said, I don't wish it on anybody, but my hope is that um, kind of the way I live my life out loud and the way I've chosen to remember my husband and help my son remember my husband. He was very little when his father passed away. Mm-hmm. He was two. It was right after it was right before his second birthday when his father was diagnosed with cancer. And it was right before his fifth birthday when he passed away. So he has memories, but not the greatest memories. So I feel like for me, the way I've chosen to kind of keep that memory alive, I hope that that's an example to somebody, but representation is very important in all settings. And I think that that motherhood and that talking about, like speaking about the experiences, um, is an extremely powerful way to help others because we're all going through, we're all trying to figure it out. We're all literally doing the best that we can. Mm -hmm. So, um, sharing those stories, like being like, Hey, this is what it's really like. Like I know what you see on TV, what you might read in the books. Mm-hmm. I'm always whispering to people like, you need to just cherish the moments. And I think people yep. might think I'm crazy, but like I have people who have like come back and they're like, you told me to cherish the moments and I didn't know what you were talking about. But now my kid is like up running around and like, I wish I'd ch-. exactly. So there's a lot of things that we need to just speak out loud. Just have those conversations about, you know, first of all, God bless you because yeah. And even while you were talking, it the thing is, we might see someone or know someone, but they don't look like us. You know what That's I mean? True. The narrative about us is that we're all just baby mamas, right? Mm-hmm. And we're all just having babies mm-hmm. just with any, anything. And when we do see that, um, you know, token good mom, mm-hmm. she doesn't look like us. That's true. And even in 2023, it's like, even if we, I used to say, you know, one of my like mom heroes on TV was Claire Huxtable, mm-hmm. but Claire Huxtable doesn't listen to Tupac and <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have nails like this. Like I want today's mother to see herself. Absolutely. In Absolutely. You. That's literally the purpose and the premise behind this brand is that mm-hmm. however you choose to show up is the right way. Right. Um, and then what's also important is what you said before, like your, what your child needs more than anything else yeah. is a happy mother. Yep. So I don't care about your job. Right. I don't care about your relationship status. Right. I don't care about a lot of things. What your kid needs most is for you to be happy, yep. healthy, sane. Yep. So that you can pour into them into the best possible way. And that's what you need. So like, it's like, yes, the kid, cause we always want to put the kids first. But that's what you need. You need to be the happiest version of yourself, whatever that looks like. Um, and I feel like we don't spend enough time talking about that. Not at all. <laughs> so going back to my journey after I realized, you know, I couldn't be the old me and then I got mad about it. I had to start to forgive myself and say, it's like God spoke to me and said, you know what, Sheree, this version of you deserves to be loved too. Absolutely. You I was so proud of the woman I was, was before. before. I was proud of her. Mm-hmm. I loved her. I took good care of her. I made sure everybody around me took good care of her. But this new version, I was treating myself any kind of way. I wasn't eating right, mm-hmm. sleeping right. I wasn't speaking to myself positively. And all of that affected me as a mother and it really distracted me and kept me from being mm-hmm. present. Because even now, one of my nightly routines, which is weird, is I just look through photos of my daughter and old photos from when she was like a newborn. I look back and be like, wow, I don't remember that because I was exhausted because I wasn't sleeping because I was trying to I was doing too mm-hmm. much. 
So this year, at the top of this year, I started to say, like, my mantra right now is to be gentle with myself, to be okay with saying no, to be okay with saying I can't go or I don't want to go mm-hmm. or I'm, I'm not going. Mm-hmm. And no is a complete answer. Mm-hmm. Be okay with not just doing all the things. Like, I, I used to have a very large capacity and I still do, but it's just, it looks different now. Absolutely. And my priorities have shifted. Absolutely. So just, it's a journey, you know, and finally being like, okay, I, I'm ready to do this. And I, so I was a stay at home mom for two and a half years. Mm -hmm. I just recently got back to work a couple months ago. I'm really proud of that because I didn't think I would be able to do it. And people make like, my, one thing I'm, I'm, I'm a mom and I'll say this, y'all make it look so easy. <laughs> like you just see women, like it's the little things like getting up, getting yourself dressed, getting another human dress, feeding both of y'all, getting to work and being there and being present and concentrating on your job all day, then going home. And I didn't think I would be able to do it. It's a lot. It's crazy. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. And so the thought of it, Watching all the moms around me, I was like, yeah, she can do that. But she's not me. She has energy. I don't have energy like that. So seeing myself do it, I must, I am taking the time to say, yo, Ray, I'm proud of you. It's very real. You are, look at you. Look at you. Every, at least once a week, I stop and say, look at you doing what you thought you couldn't do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that there's an amazing power in that celebration. And that, again, that's the whole premise of the brand is like, it's a, like you need to stop and celebrate yourself mm-hmm. because you are doing an amazing job. Whatever it is that you're doing, mm-hmm. you're doing an amazing job. You're showing up. Mm-hmm. You're being authentically who you are. Mm-hmm. You're bringing value to the table. Mm-hmm. You're finding balance, whatever that looks like for you. Mm-hmm. Celebrate yourself. Too yeah. often we, and I am absolutely guilty of this. Just go, just go. I know what I need to do. I need, I know what I need to do next. I will put something out. I will develop something. I will launch something and it's huge, but it's just like, nope. Cause now I check that one off and I need to move to the next to the thing. Next one. We need to stop and celebrate mm-hmm. those things. Celebrate the small things. Yep. Celebrate the fact that you did I did it. something I said I was going to do. Yeah. So that's very real. I think that holding space for yourself, very similar to how we, and I talk about this often is you wouldn't do that to a friend. Nope. You would not let a friend talk down on something that they, I think you've done that to me when um, I had a, a article come out, like a, a feature in a magazine. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh, well, you know, it's a smaller publication. No, it is nope. your first feature in your first magazine. Yep. God willing, you'll be on big magazines in the future, but this is the first one you need to stop and celebrate it. Yep. The same way we stop our friends from talking down on the accomplishments and just skimming over those highlights is the same way we need to hold space for ourselves, mm-hmm. give grace to ourselves mm-hmm. the same way. If a friend called and said, I can't make this event, you know, I got this, that, and the other thing going on. We would absolutely accept that. Yeah. We need to be gentle with ourselves yep. and love on ourselves the same way we love on others. So mm-hmm. I definitely, definitely commend you for taking the time to kind of do that reflection and do that for yourself. Yes. I am being very mindful of, being gentle with myself. I'm a hard person. I've always been hard on myself. Mm A little bit kind of hard on people around me that I care about. Mm -hmm. Um, But very, 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 very hard on myself. And I am, not only am I being more gentle with myself with hopes of, you know, just um, because I need that, but also I hope that I will attract or inspire people around me to be more gentle with me. Because when I tell you people think I'm a, thug <laughs> that doesn't have feelings but i do have very big feelings. no that's ver- that i mean that's real because you teach people how to treat you exactly so the same way yeah. i'm very big on like i love myself with all the love languages because i expect anybody that comes around to love me with all the love languages i take mm-hmm. myself out to eat i go on spa dates mm-hmm. yes you do. i like words of affirmation i say positive things to myself all the time mm-hmm. i like physical touch i will go get massages on a regular basis mm. I want all the love languages. I give them to myself and I expect that's how I expect others to, to love me. Very similarly, you show people how to treat you. So if you're not doing what you need to do for yourself and kind of creating this narrative that I'm going to thug it out, 
is fine. Yeah, I don't have feelings. That was me. And I, I learned that again recently. This has been a learning year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause I used to always complain about that. Like, yo, people think I don't have feelings. Nobody ever, no one's ever gentle with me. People will say anything to me, do anything to me because they think I can handle it. They think I don't need it. I never got any like, imp- I don't, I wasn't a person that people empathized with much. Like, I'm not the person. I can't tell you about a time when someone showed up at my house to like take care of me without me asking. Mm-hmm. I had to really like cuss people out. Listen, <laughs> and listen threaten them. Listen, but then I had to take accountability. That's very real because that's that's <laughs> you how you create the narrative exactly. So I am very much. I mean, I've, I'm on this learning journey, and it's mm-hmm. always going to be a journey. But with that whole conversation about grief and loss. Um, I learned that the hard way mm-hmm. for the first several years. I didn't even address it at all. I would wow. just suffer in silence. And I mean, I wasn't doing the internal work at either. But as I started to do the internal work and started being able to name my feelings, mm-hmm. um, that was one level. But then it's the people around me and your support system. And being realistic with the fact that like grief is not linear. So for me, it was Mm. understanding the fact that like we're years in a lot of people assume that like you're good No, this year. So this, um, this past June 27th was, I think the ninth birthday, my husband's the ninth year that I'm celebrating his birthday without him being here. I was a complete and utter wreck. And I've never been like that ever before. Mm. Like not even like the first year. Or like at the funeral, I've never cried as much as I did this year. Mm-hmm. But what I'm learning over time is that you have to tell people, you have to tell people, you have to coach people on how you need to be treated. You have mm-hmm. to explain to people, I need you to show up for me. This is a tough time. Mm-hmm. I'm going through it. People cannot remind. There's this big narrative around check on your strong friends, but strong friends also need to stop pretending to be strong. It's okay. to. I'm not strong. I'm not strong today. I might be strong any other day, but today I'm not strong and I need you to show up for me. I resigned as a strong friend. I used to be, I used to be the strong friend, but I get somebody else to do it. It's true. And you did <laughs> say that to me. We did have a very candid conversation mm-hmm. where I was telling you, like, I feel like nobody sees me. No one understands me. No one hears me. Like, I thought it was very obvious that I was breaking down and needed help and was struggling, but clearly it wasn't. And it's it's don't you think it's uncomfortable to say that it's the worst part like i mean i've been in a lot of uncomfortable situations Mm -hmm. and even having conversations this year and it wasn't a super sappy conversation and that's why i love i think the people in my life right now are the best people Mm -hmm. i literally talk all the time we have conversations about how god handpicked them and put them where they needed Mm -hmm. to be because i've had friends in the past where they they didn't get me And I use the term friends very loosely back then, but these are friends. These are real friends now because Mm -hmm. they get me. I didn't have, I don't have to explain myself. They see how I function in spaces. I met them in a scenario where they were like, this girl, what's wrong with her? But (laughs) they were willing to see past it Mm -hmm. and have loved me to my core without explaining. I don't need to explain anything. I don't need to give them much direction. They pick up on they pick up on so much. They pick mm-hmm. up on social cues. Mm-hmm. They can see when I'm uncomfortable. Yep. They will come to my aid and just be like, what do you need? How can I make it better? They will talk mm. me through situations. But even that, so even people who are super sensitive to what I need, trying to verbalize it to them, I didn't have to say much, but they just, they knew. It's a very uncomfortable to say I need help or so I feel this way or I'm not at my best right now. But I think a big thing is finding the right people, being around the right people, being around people who can see that and can pour into you and can love on you when you can't love on yourself or when you need it the most. So my therapist was, has, she's still on me about that. The thing is sometimes the people in your village are not going to look how you want them to look. They're not going to be who you think they should be like. Maybe you think, you know, it should be your sister. And it might not be your sister. It might be your neighbor. It might be the girl you met mm-hmm. in the bathroom at the club. Mm-hmm. It might be, that's what we, that's what I had to learn to be open-minded. Like there are people who are willing to like see you. Um, they, it just might not be who you want it to it's be. It's true. It's true. And you do have to get 
not only am I awkward about verbalizing what I need, I'm awkward about receiving it. Someone gave, I'm always giving people flowers. Someone gave me flowers and I was like, thank you. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you. I get weird with random. I'm really, I feel like I'm good with random acts of kindness. But when people give it to me, I'm like, oh, that's for me. How much do I owe you? I'm so weird. Like, cause I'm not used to it. But you need to get used to it. You need to settle into the fact. Like I said, whatever it is I'm putting out, mm-hmm. I'm trusting that it's going to come back. Mm-hmm. And if you're not open and receptive to it, that means mm-hmm. that you're not quite at the point where you're trusting that it's going to come get back, come back to you. And you need to work on that. Yep. All this positivity that I'm putting out into the world, I know it's coming back. All this mm-hmm. love, the way I love on mm-hmm. the people around me. I don't care if you are a stranger off the street. I don't care if you are a random person that comes across me and we're talking about business, the way I'm pouring into you. Mm-hmm. I know, I trust that it's going to come back and it hasn't necessarily come back yet, but I trust that it's going to come back. And that's what you need to be open and receptive to because then when it comes back, you're like, okay, I deserve it. I know, I know it's for me. And (laughs) I had to just force myself to say certain things I didn't want to say. Vulnerability is so uncomfortable. It's crazy. And I had to just, you know, what I've learned is also, it's not necessarily like a me thing or a us thing. It's, again, society. Mm-hmm. We have to know that grief doesn't look one way. At all. Struggle doesn't look one way. <laughs> At all. I could show up to a situation, dumb fly, right? And be depressed. Absolutely. Oftentimes, that's exactly what it is. Y'all think depression looks like... Can't get out of bed. Didn't do my hair. And that's not it. At all. Right. Exactly. Or y'all, you know, I'm not really a crier, you know. Um, Actually, after having my daughter, I cry a lot more. (laughs) But I, like, in general, I'm not big on crying. So people, but most people think crying equals sadness. I know grief slash sadness slash anger. Well, this grief and sadness of Mm -hmm. the loss and all of that materialized in anger mm-hmm. i was mean oh. i was so mean mm. to everyone and anyone for a long time and god bless the people that were around then because they I, they went through it they went all they i was i put them through it mm. but exactly to your point it may not look like what you think it looks like i think i read something and it was talking about how oftentimes um black women their anxiety and depression, they don't see it as anxiety and depression. They see it as them failing. Yep. Very it true. just, it looks different. It feels different, but it's, it's a cry for help. Mm-hmm. It is a need that's not met. It is something that I need to work through. Mm-hmm. And we're just not trained and conditioned to receive it and accept it for that. So we're struggling through it, trying to put on a brave face, showing up at the events, feeling hollow and empty inside. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why you got that look on your face? Because I'm going through it. I'm here. I'm showing yeah. up. But like, it's, exactly. it's a lot. Postpartum depression. I definitely, I think I'm just now coming out of it. Like, I think on a scale of one to 10 with 10 being like my best self, mm-hmm. I'm probably like at a seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely experienced it. That's enough. That's one of those things. No one talks about mm-hmm. it. I also, not only did I have postpartum depression, I have postpartum anxiety. No one talks about it. No. So no one knew what it looks like. Like <laughs> me and my boyfriend still laugh at this, but when my daughter was born, I would stay up all night and just stare at her and like put my finger under her <laughs> nose and put my hand on her chest and make sure she was breathing. He literally had to stop tell me to stay off the internet because I was just Googling SIDS and all types of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know. I didn't know. If you don't know, if you don't know, if you don't know, you, you don't, don't know. know. And he's getting annoyed with me. Like, can you just stop? Stay, go to sleep. Stay off YouTube. Get off YouTube. Turn the TV off. And then I'm sitting here getting mad at him. It's crazy. No one talks about it. Yeah, it's true. 
It's true. And it's, it's, but it's so common and it's really annoying because when you finally get the proper diagnosis and you get the help, that's what they tell you. Oh, it's common. It's common. Really? It's common. One in four women. Okay. I know way more than four women. How come I don't know about How this? Come, I'm just not hearing about this. <laughs> How come I don't know about this? You know, so that's why I make it a point to talk about it. And that's why I, so I have a content page, mm-hmm. reviews it, that I was starting again during COVID with the hopes of like bringing awareness to black owned businesses and local businesses and eventually my own businesses. And I was doing the stereotypical unboxings and service and recommendation reviews, but I plan to completely rebrand that page to talk about the things that motherhood brings that, that things that mother mothers go through mm-hmm. that no one talks about, it's true. especially as black women, Absolutely. Absolutely. maybe in other communities, if you know, y'all are getting the help you need and the resources, I never heard of a postpartum doula we talked about that, yeah. until, you know, I spoke until my therapist told me about it. I speak very openly about being in therapy because I want all my friends to go to therapy. Therapy is a wellness activity and I am very much pro therapy. Me too. I'm asking everybody. So do you have a therapist? Mm-hmm. You need There's a therapist. A <laughs> I can find a therapist I can help you find one I think Mm -hmm. that it's very important because trauma um is real (laughs) trauma is real real. and people are walking around with so much trauma girl and if you don't know if you can't name it if you don't know that that's what it is then you don't know that that's what it is you don't I read this quote that said people go to therapy to help them deal with people who, who don't go to, therapy. to go to therapy. That's exactly what it is because that's really this, that's, that's my reality. I'm in therapy talking about you because you're not in therapy. Exactly. And you out here getting exactly. on <laughs> Exactly. Taking up my session. <laughs> exactly. I could have been talking about something else, exactly. but I'm, we spent our whole 45 minutes to an hour talking about you because you, you won't don't go to therapy. <laughs> and that's what I tell people like, don't be ashamed to, to have, you know, a mental illness. I wish we came up with a more like a lot of these terms that are used, people don't want to own them because they're they're corny. It's true. Why would you say mental illness? That's I could come up with some way more fly, and I have, <laughs> but I'm a trademark it first. But seriously, I feel like at this point, if you don't have anxiety, if you haven't experienced some sort of even a low grade depression, you might not be human. So the thing about it is, I. I'm very much in the same school of thought. I am neurodivergent. So I have mm. ADHD and there's some other stuff going on too. So I, but I'm learning now. So very similar to the fact that like they told you like, Oh, it's common. I was diagnosed at the age of 30. So full grown adult was high functioning, mm-hmm. got through high school, middle, middle school, high school, undergrad and grad school with ADHD basically wow. busting my behind to do what everybody else was doing, like the the regular ability to work and just harness your focus. Wow. Does not exist for me. So the amount of effort it takes to just like harness my focus um was exhausting my entire life. But I didn't really learn about what that means. I got the diagnosis, got some medication. I didn't really truly learn about what that meant until being on Insta- Instagram, TikTok, there's so many pages that talk about it. And what I'm learning is because we're not talking about it, people lack that awareness. Mm. So people don't understand what it means to exist in an environment where somebody just functions differently. Like my Mm -hmm. brain fires differently. The connections are different. It's not because I don't want to. It's literally, I can't. And if I need to do it, it's going to take so much extra effort for me to do it. So Mm -hmm. much extra planning. Mm -hmm. Like I'd be in the group chat. Like I need to mentally prepare. I need to know where we're going. Yep. I need to know what the environment's going to be like. I need to mentally prepare. I need to take a nap. Like I need to mentally prepare. And it's very lighthearted. But the reality is like, that's just, it's just who I am. And it's just Mm -hmm. how I function. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes like there's not enough conversations about it. Nope. And as a result, people are going, going through this world, just not kind of addressing those things. And you feel alone. It's true. You feel so alone. Like, everyone's normal but you everyone's just functioning but you everyone has what they need to get where they need to be except for you Mm -hmm. and it's it really actually makes me mad and that's why I talk about 
everything. I try to be as transparent without oversharing. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out that fine line, my, that fine yeah. line, uh, my, like the right delivery. Cause my delivery is crazy. Let's just, you know that. <laughs> yes. We, like <laughs> my delivery is crazy when it comes to everything. You just, you just got to know me and just let me just let it go. Me just let it rock. and not take it personal. <laughs> but I'm trying to work on the right delivery and bring awareness to so many things because as a person who always feels alone, I make it my business to make sure no nobody else, else feels, feels alone. that way. It's true. It's true. And that's, and that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, I think that a lot of our conversations have stemmed from ver- that very thing where it's like, I know you're going through this. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about it. And so that's how I really feel about motherhood. I, I feel so empowered being a mom as a mother, this is the first time in my life where I do feel understood, mm-hmm. appreciated, seen, heard, like as, as a mother, as a woman, I still, I'm still looking mm-hmm. for the, a lot of those things. But as a mother, like I know my daughter knows that she has a good mom. Mm-hmm. I know anybody who knows me, whether you know me for five minutes or five years, you know, I'm a good mom. Mm-hmm. So that's one place in my life where I know like I'm sure of. Absolutely. But, and, and that's why, that's why I want to like use what I've learned, what I've been through, what I've been diagnosed with to speak on it because I know, I don't want anyone to feel that way. Exactly. No. I don't want anyone to feel alone as a mother. I mean, I've read stories about mothers being so overwhelmed and being so just knee deep in their postpartum depression and that they've committed suicide. It's actually really common, like where, you know, you hear these stories about mothers who have either hurt themselves or their children or both both because of the mental and um, emotional imbalance that comes with being a mom, Mm -hmm. the lack of community, the lack of support. Even I can speak to that. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm still surprised at how isolating motherhood can be. And it's not necessarily on purpose, you know. And that's what I, I wish more people spoke about as well. Like you, you see it on Instagram, like you were saying, where people, you say, you know, you don't know who your real friends are until you become a mom. And, you know, that's one perspective, but you have to understand, you have to give grace. Absolutely. You have to know that no one, or at least try to give people the benefit of the doubt. Nobody's no waking up. Waking up like I don't want to be a good friend to her. Exactly. <laughs> she got a kid, and now I don't want to be a good friend. Right. To her. <laughs> they don't know. It's not on purpose. Yeah. You know, there has to be some dialogue, some back and forth, some understanding. With this, the same way I call my friends and cuss them out about what they didn't tell me about being a mom, I also call my friends and give them their flowers for like, wow, I didn't know you was going through this. Now that I've gone through it, I wish I would have done more for you during that season. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have understood this or did less of that. So, you know, we have to give each other grace. But at the end of the day, I think that as Black women, we have to just get comfortable with being vulnerable, needing help, taking our superhero capes off and letting people take care of us. No, definitely. I definitely agree. So I want to switch gears a little bit mm-hmm. and I want to do an affirmation card poll. You have a deck of, have a deck of affirmation cards. I do. How do you use your affirmation cards? So it's part of my morning routine. I like, I like to start my day with prayer mm-hmm. and meditation and some sort of positive affirmation because I, I had to stop watching the news recently. I stop. I don't let myself go on social media before a certain time mm-hmm. of the day. I don't need, I try to like completely ignore my phone in the morning. So that's what I try to set the tone for my day with. And I love these cards. Appreciate it. Appreciate that. So pull a card and then we'll talk about it. Even if I cannot see it, I know that all things are working together for my good. Okay. Yes. That's one of my favorite scriptures. All things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. Amen. <laughs> um, this is very powerful because this is like a, this affirmation in the scripture it was inspired from is probably like 
one of the biggest parts of my life's testimony. There's been so many times when I had no choice but to have faith. Like no one could tell me God isn't real because it, there's been so many moments in my life, even recently, where I'm like, okay, it wasn't me. I didn't do that. Absolutely. Um, no one else did it. Mm-hmm. No one else even knew about it. So I had to just have faith. Like, even if it doesn't feel it that way, I don't see it, mm-hmm. but I know things are going to work out for my good. And it has. Mm-hmm. And so, um, the power of life and death is in the tongue. Absolutely. And these cards are amazing for those moments when you're in a dark place and you don't have it in you to speak life over yourself. It just gives you the prompt. You just take the card and, and say what it, it says and say what it says Absolutely. and you're speaking it over yourself. So you know what? Thank God for you and for you being obedient to God and letting him use you mm-hmm. because you know, I needed, I needed this and so many other people did too. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, but very much like you said, that positivity was something that got me through some really, really mm-hmm. dark times. Um, I did it differently. So I didn't have a tool. I didn't have something that I could easily grab from and utilize. But um, I just, I remember being in a place where it was just like, like you said, there's literally nothing else getting me through this time. Mm-hmm. So when my <clears throat> husband was sick in in the hospital, I was working full time. Mm-hmm in the hospital. So I was actually living in the hospital. I was in the hospital sometimes 24 seven. So I would work a full day. I was also in school. So I was in grad school doing Mm -hmm. my um, MBA program. So depending on the day of the week, I was going to classes for a couple hours in the evening. Sometimes I'll go to his room on my lunch break and like do my homework, get caught up on the work I needed to do. Um, Then I would go to class come back from class. Sometimes I would go home to shower. Sometimes I would shower in the um, in the hospital room. I'll go see my son for a little bit, depending on the day. Um, and then right back, spend the night in the hospital right mm-hmm. next to him. So there were some times when it was rough. It was very rough. And it's like those just like literally had no choice but to find positivity, to speak positivity. I knew it couldn't last forever this way. Um, but just holding on to hope and holding on to, like I said, I I know for a fact, I did not get myself through that period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, literally could not have, if I wanted to, I definitely had to compartmentalize a lot. Mm-hmm. You can't feel all the feelings when you're going through something like that. Literally no thoughts to, I, to from a self-care perspective. I think that that was one of the periods of time when I did not, pour into myself. I did not take care of myself. I was pouring from an empty cup. I was pouring from, there was nothing. I don't even know how I did it. I don't know how I did it, but God, because there's literally no other way I could have made it through. I wasn't sleeping enough. I wasn't eating enough. I was not doing anything enough, but I was on autopilot and just, you got to get through it. Yeah. Um, but I do remember just finding those things, just like little pieces of positivity. And I would write them down. I would write them on post-it notes, Mm -hmm. just like put them up all around. So all around my workspace at home, I actually still have a cork board where I put them. So like when I wake up in the morning, I see those notes to myself. Um, so there's definitely so much value in that speaking that positivity into yourself. Like we said, love on yourself, the same Mm -hmm. way you love on your kid, the same way you love on the people around you, love on yourself. So that this was my kind of gift to the world to give you a way to easily love on yourself, even when you can't find the words yourself, they're there for you. And you know what I want to say to you as you talk about that time in your life, I'm so glad you kept going because, you know, you could have given up Mm -hmm. and just like, I'm floored. Mm -hmm. Honestly, you could have given up and you could, I'm sure you like, you had some dark moments Mm -hmm. But you kept going. Absolutely. And I'm glad you did because that that helped you get here. Mm -hmm. And that in here is helping so many people. It's helping me. And I know exactly what that's like when you're in the thick of it. And it it feels like you're literally in a tunnel and it's just darkness Mm -hmm. around you. And you just have to keep going. And, you know, for me, that's one thing I'm grateful for. Like I was raised in church. My grandmother really, um, 
and planted the seed in me of having my faith in God. But I have a pers- a very personal relationship with mm-hmm. God. So that's always where I go when I get in that space. And it's not easy. It's not. It is not easy. Like there's been so many times when it's like, like I said, that tunnel, it it feels long. Like it's just never going to end. But something as small that that's, it seems small. Mm -hmm. I just like words. And for me, what I do is I write a lot. Mm -hmm. I'll write what I'm feeling. And I try to like be intentional and write not what, is happening, but what I want to happen. Absolutely. Speak it into existence. Exactly. Absolutely. And, and before you know it, look, it's listen, around you. Listen, <laughs> listen. So a lot of what I talk about is that, so the whole point of the cards, it's manifesting the life that you want to mm-hmm. see for yourself. And this is absolutely, that's who I, I can't, I cannot stress enough the fact that this all, everything that we see around us in terms of the brand, in terms of the life that I'm living is, the coming to it's the things that I jotted down coming to fruition. I find notebooks. Mm-hmm. I found emails where I was like, cause my thing is I, I struggle with getting help. So it's not that I don't want the help, but finding the right source so of help has been a struggle. And I know that even that is divine alignment because there's certain things that if I were to have outsourced it to somebody else, it wouldn't mean as much to me now. Yep. The fact that I had to grind it out every single step of the way. The fact that I am the one who handpicked the colors, mm-hmm. the font, the placement. You can talk to anybody who's worked with me. Nope. You need to move it like two points this way. It needs to be a little bit bigger. You need to, because it is that important to me yep. because it is yours. I visualize it. Yeah. So when God puts the vision into your, into your heart, into your soul, mm. It's a preview, just like you go mm-hmm. see a movie, like there's a movie, the trailer's there, you mm-hmm. get, you get a sneak peek of it. Mm-hmm. If you were to go into the theater and something else started playing, mm-hmm. that's not what I came here for. So for me, the vision has been placed into my heart, into my soul, into who I am. It's embedded in me. I'm not accepting anything that's not in the vision, the preview mm-hmm. that I saw, the preview that God has downloaded to me. I'm not accepting anything less. So. The things that I write, the things that I ask for, the things that come to mind. Um, it's an amazing life. It is a life where I get to pivot from thing to thing, but I'm still kind of walking in the strength mm-hmm. and the talents that are a part of who I am. Mm-hmm. It's a life of ease. Mm-hmm. It's a life of enjoyment because I enjoy like when I'm working on certain things, like certain creative aspects or even the strategic mm-hmm. things. I enjoy that. That's not work to me. That's fun. Right. So I know that the life that is I'm meant for is a life of ease. It's a life of enjoyment and I'm manifesting it. And it's a slow process. It's a very slow process, but I yeah. know that it's going to mean more when I get there because I literally have manifested it and like handcrafted it based on the vision and the blueprint that I've been given. So whenever I pray for things lately, I would say within the past year, I always say, in God, let it be with ease. Cause I don't want the job. If I, if I'm going to get there and be sweating, and struggling and I'm not going to have any it's edges it's and <laughs> it's just going to be, I, I don't want that job. Yeah. I want the one that's going to come with favor mm-hmm. and ease. Mm-hmm. I also don't want the situation where when I get there, you know, I'm going to be beefing with everyone. I'm gonna, I, don't, I don't want that. Yeah. Like you have to be very specific with your prayers and your plans. You have to be very detailed. And I always end it with, if it's in your will, that has been my prayer this mm-hmm. year. Your will, not mine. not mine. Because, like mm-hmm. I said, we want what we want, and we absolutely but, want what we want. But if it's not in alignment with what you mm-hmm. want for me, keep it. And at this point, I'm at a place where, because, like you said, like I know that it, but God, like if it wasn't, were not for God bringing me to where, bringing me through certain things, I wouldn't be where I am. But in that same light, I don't fight things. Things happen. Things fall apart. Mm-hmm. It looks like chaos, but I rest on the fact that like I've been through so much so, worse yeah. and it was fine. So like at the end of the day, like I'm going to just be easy because I know for a fact it's going to be fine. And I'm willing to hand over the reins. The same way you said, like from a, in your relationship, I'm okay with letting someone else lead because you've shown me that you can lead. That's through and through. Yeah. I know for a fact that I trust his will. 
for mm-hmm. my life. I know that he has my best interest at heart. So whatever his will is, I might want something different, but your will, not mine. So that's definitely been my prayer this year. And what's on my heart to say to you, you know, this might sound crazy, but I think your husband will be really proud of you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Seriously. I appreciate because that. I'm impressed. Uh, I've been impressed from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And it just, it kind of makes me think like, you know, we go on Instagram and we see Shaquita from Detroit (laughs) (laughs) and she's starting her business and we're like, go Shaquita. And it's okay to sweat her. We don't know her. She don't know us. You know, she might have a reality Mm -hmm. show and we're supporting these girls on reality TV and these Instagram models and we're ordering from their stores and they don't care about us. And it's like, I like to give that same support and love to the women I know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Who I, who I have a relationship with. And that's how I see you. Like, yeah, I'll order from Shaquita's store too, but no, I'm really going to spin for you because mm-hmm. I know your story and I've been impressed from day one. And I just, you know, not to toot my own horn, but one of, one of my, my biggest flex, I think, is I don't have a jealous bone in my body. That's uh, true. I mean, I appreciate that because there's some people, mm-hmm. there's some people who that's not their, that's not the case. No, that's not the case. And I see you doing a lot of the things that I, I aspire to do. And whenever I see women like you doing the things that I want to do, that I plan to do, that I'm trying to do, it's like, I want to talk to her. I want to sit next to her. I want to have a drink with her. I want to take her to lunch. Mm-hmm. If I was a different type of woman, I would be hating on you. There are people who absolutely will see something and as opposed to being inspired and speaking, mm-hmm. naming, I'm inspired by it. They, they will jealous. tear it down. They will try to find Hate fault in it. Um, mm-hmm. That's not me. In our culture, it's called bad mind. And that's literally what it is. Like you cannot, like your, your heart's not clean. Mm-mm. You don't want positivity. And as a result, nothing positive is going to come to you. You should absolutely... There's never been a time when I've seen somebody and been like, oh, I'm jealous. Me neither. It's inspiration. It goes on a mood board. It goes on a vision board. It's, I want to be, I want to, and it's not, I want to mimic it. It's, I see that it can be done. Right. For nothing else is the fact that I see that it can be done. In my culture, that's called a player hater. (laughs) And I, that's not cute. That's not fly. That's not me. When I see another man or woman, especially women, because from experience, when I see men doing things that inspire me, they're really difficult because they think you want to get with them. They think you're flirting. They they take it the wrong way. When I see a woman in her bag, what? <laughs> I really get inspired. I want to I want to chill with her. Those are the type of women I really want to be around. That's been the part. I told you this before. You were actually a part of my prayer. Like when I started thinking about all the things I wanted to do, I said, God, put people around me that are doing it, that I can learn from, that I can be inspired by. I don't want friends that just blow smoke up my behind or, you know, superficial surface level friends. Mm-hmm. I also want friends that are doing better than me. Absolutely. That are smarter than me, that I can learn from, Absolutely. that will pull my card, mm-hmm. that will tell me about myself. Mm-hmm. I really, people don't know that about me. People think I'm like uncheckable. <clears throat> <laughs> you know, watch your tone. <laughs> but you can definitely check me. Mm-hmm. You can definitely teach me. You can definitely you know, call me out. That's actually what I want. That's what you need. And you need me. that. Yeah. So seeing you, like you said, take a vision. There's, there's nothing just more like beautiful to me than having like an idea or a vision and bringing it to fruition. Like, and then knowing the story behind it, you know, what people don't understand, people look down on struggle or they get uncomfortable. Those who are struggling, those who are grieving, those who are in a low place, they're the closest to God. It's true. It's true. So you want to be with that person. It's true. It's very true. So that's why I'm grateful to know you and be here. Because again, what's, what's the difference between you and the girl I watch on YouTube? She don't care about me. (laughs) 
if I said, if I asked her for a piece of chicken, she wouldn't give me a piece of chicken. You would. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I appreciate that I could sit here with you mm-hmm. and give you the, the love and support and be here with you. No, so, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was a great conversation and I appreciate thank you. Um, so tell the listeners slash viewers where they can find your page. Okay. So first I have rave use it. That's going to be my content page that I am on a hiatus from because I'm going to rebrand it. Um, but yes, rave use it. R A E views it. Shades by Sheree is coming soon. Um, so yeah. Okay. You can't you you can't get on my personal page. That's fine. We'll drop <laughs> we'll drop links to the pages that you can get on in the show notes. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode where we celebrate the superpower that is being multifaceted. If this resonates and feels like home, make sure to send it to a friend, colleague, or someone close to you and write a review so we can continue to grow, connect, and celebrate. Until next time, continue showing up as your true self and taking up space.